Welcome to Strong Meat for Strong Believers. I'm Pastor Doug Johnson. I want to invite you to join me as we look at the issues facing us today and what God's Word says about them. Hebrews 5, 13 and 14 says, Milk is for babies, but strong meat is for grown-ups who can discern the difference between good and evil. At the end of the broadcast, I'll tell you how you can get a copy of this message for yourself. And now, grab your Bible and get ready for another helping of Strong Meat for Strong Believers. Romans chapter 11, beginning with verse 33. Now this is the Apostle Paul writing this letter to the believers in Rome. And he says in verse 33, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has first given to him, and it shall be repaid unto him again? For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. You know, today is an important day for many Americans. Who can tell me what today is? That's right, it's Groundhog Day. Some of y'all said Super Bowl Sunday, that's that's important to some folks too. (laughs) A few of you. The Cowboys aren't in the Super Bowl, so I don't care. So, (laughs) I got a witness there. But this is the one day a year when a groundhog poses as a weatherman and tries to predict the future. Uh, In case you're wondering, I did check. Uh, Puxatawney Field did not see his shadow, so he's predicting an early spring. However, there are other groundhogs besides him, and some of them did see their shadows, so we'll just take whatever God gives us, all right? (laughs) Of course, also with all these other predictions, people are making predictions also about who's going to win the Super Bowl. And uh, with all these predictions and all these opinions, we need to be reminded of the truth that does not change, and that truth is this, there is a God and He is great. In fact, the title of this message this morning is, How Great is Our God? And there is a question mark and an exclamation mark at the end of that title. The reason why is because it is a question that begs an answer, how great is our God? But it's also a declaration of how great He is, how great is our God. Hallelujah. It is a question and a declaration. And this is what Paul was thinking about when he wrote our opening text in verses 33 through 36. Paul was writing this to the Romans and he thought about the greatness of God and he just broke out in praise to God. And what he's saying is this. He said, no one gives God advice. Uh, No one has ever given God a loan. That he's never in debt to anybody for any reason. That everything is from him and through him and goes back to him. That's what Paul was telling us. That God is so great. In fact, God's freedom is probably the only true freedom in the universe. Because the bottom line is, he is God, we're not. And he can do whatever he wants to do. And I want to share with you this morning seven truths that may help us understand how great our God really is. And I'm going to do as quickly as I can this morning. The first one is this. God is absolutely free to do whatever he wants to do. God can do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, however he wants to do it. 
God is sovereign. If he wants to create another planet, he can. If he wants to create another galaxy, he can. If he wants to create another universe, he can. He is great. When God sent Moses back to lead Israel out of bondage in Egypt, Moses asked him, he said, when they ask me your name, what shall I tell them? Because in Egypt, there were a lot of gods. In fact, even Pharaoh himself had set himself up as a god to be worshipped. So Moses said, when I go back and tell the Israelites that you sent me, and they ask me which god, what should I tell them? And God said in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, God said to Moses, I am that I am. You shall say to the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. That phrase, I am, means he is God eternal, self-existent, and absolutely self-sufficient. No man made him out of gold or silver or wood or stone. He is God all by himself. There is no God like Jehovah. Can I have an amen? Pastor A.W. Tozer said this one time, and I quote, If every person on earth became an atheist, it would not alter, it would not alter God one bit, end quote. My friends, to believe in God adds nothing to his perfection, and to doubt him takes nothing away from him. Yet even knowing that, he chooses to love us and call us his children. How great is our God. If you're glad to be a child of God, give him praise today. Hallelujah. And so he is absolutely free to do whatever he wants to do. The second truth I want to share with you is God has the right to deal with me any way he chooses. You see, God was under no obligation to create you or me or anybody else. And he is not obligated to keep us alive one more second. No one has a claim on God and no one can successfully second guess God. It's, it's like a groundhog trying to be a weatherman. It don't work. And yet, we still try to second guess him, don't we? We still try to figure out what he's doing. Verse 34 of our text, Paul said, Who hath known the mind of the Lord, and who has been his counselor? My friend, no one can tell God what he's supposed to do. He already knows what he's doing. He had the plan worked out before the problem ever showed up in your life. He knows what he's going to do about your health problems. He knows what he's going to do about your marriage or your family. He knows how to get you that job. He already has one for you, and he's getting ready to open the door for you. You hold on. God knows what he's doing. You see, God has perfect unity within himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God's not lonely. He did not create human beings because he was lonely. I've heard people say that. That's not why he created us. He created us because he is God and he can do what he wants to do. And he can do what he wants to with his creation without getting our permission. You see, God doesn't need anything from us. We need him. I said we need him. I know some Christians who act like they did God a favor when they came into his family. Let me tell you something. God did you a favor by adopting you into his family. You owe him everything. How dare we think the universe depends on us for its survival? David summed it up this way when he wrote Psalm 8 and verse 4. He said, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you would visit him? Who are we really? We are, we are just little specks of dust on a little bigger speck of dust floating around in the universe. 
That's who we are. Who are we that God would even be mindful of us? And yet he is. He is not only is mindful of, but he loves us. You know, the fact that we are saved is a miracle of God's sovereign grace. Anybody glad you're saved today? Anybody glad that God knows where you are? The very hairs of your head are all numbered. He knows everything about you, and our God can do what he wants to with you. Give God praise if you're glad for that. The third truth I want to share with you today is God doesn't have to treat me the way he treats my neighbor. Now, we American Christians need to really take note of this one because we like comparing what we have to what our neighbor has. And if they've got something better than we've got, we start complaining. Oh, why me, God? Why don't you bless me like that? Let me tell you something. Many people struggle with this concept. They feel that God should do for them like he has done for other people. But envying your neighbor is a waste of time because God treats us as individuals, not as groups. That's why he's not treating you like he is somebody else. He's treating you individually. In fact, the 10th commandment of the 10 commandments tells us in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, God said, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is his neighbor's. That means his John Deere tractor as well. You don't do it. If you do it, you're breaking one of the Ten Commandments. And we as American Christians are spoiled. But I want to tell you, God does not have to treat you the way he treats your, his na- your neighbor. The truth is, God might do for you what he's done for somebody else, or he might do more for you. And here you are going to cut yourself off from a greater blessing because you want what somebody else has. Or he might do something entirely different for you and blow everybody's mind. He can do that because he can do, he is God and he can deal with us any way he wants to. You know, we are blessed beyond measure that God would even allow us the honor of coming into his presence and praising him and serving him and proclaiming his glory to the nations. God does exactly as he pleases all the time, everywhere, in every situation, in all parts of the universe, always has, always will. And here's the thing. Knowing all of that about him, he still has promised us to never leave us nor forsake us, but so we can boldly say, I will not fear what man shall do unto me because God is for me. Anybody glad to have divine protection today? He doesn't have to treat me the way he treats my neighbor. That's a good thing. The fourth truth I want to tell you about is God does not have to treat me today the way he treated me yesterday. It is true that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever that he doesn't change. But he is always gracious. He's always loving. He is always holy. And he is always just. But it also means that what happened to me yesterday is not a guarantee or a pattern of what, he will happen, what will happen to me today. You see, God's character never changes, but he expresses his grace and his faithfulness and his love to us in a variety of ways. You know, one day I may need an answer to prayer. Another day I may need deliverance. 
Another day, I may need healing. Another day, I may need a miracle. Days change, and so needs change. And so what he did for me yesterday, I need to praise him for that, but I don't need to bottle him up or put him in a little box and think that's all he can do because that's what he did in the past. I want to tell you, the fact that he did something for you in the past is an indication that he can handle what you're facing now. And he holds you in the palm of his hand. He's promised to be all that we need. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25, The foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. When it seems like God doesn't make sense, He is still wiser than we'll ever be. And on His weakest day, He is still stronger than we'll ever be on our best day. The weakness of God is stronger than us. And the foolishness of God is wiser than us. Anybody glad that our God can do anything today? My friend, give him praise today because he can. And he doesn't have to treat us today like he treated us yesterday. God's got brand new mercy waiting on you today. I'm glad for that. Hallelujah. The fifth truth I want to share with you today is that God can answer my prayers any way he chooses to. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes when I'm praying, I I like to advise God on how he needs to do it. I I I like to show him, because I've got it figured out up here. God, if you'll just move this and move this and do this, it'll work out. But I want to tell you, i got to remind myself of this one. God can answer my prayer any way he chooses to. You know, there are times when God answers immediately, and other times when he doesn't answer when I want him to. Sometimes we fish all night and catch nothing. Another day we catch so much our nets are filled to the breaking. One day I may end up in prison and an angel may come and set me free. Or God may send an earthquake and set everybody free. Or I may die in prison like a martyr for Christ. I don't know. But he is able to answer my prayer how he chooses to. You can read through the Bible. The reason why the Bible is more than one chapter long is because these are every page here shows you a different way that God can answer a prayer. From Genesis to Revelation, there's so many ways God has of answering your prayer. And one day you may feel God's presence strongly. The next you may plod through the valleys wondering where he's at. I want to tell you something. God has not left you. He's just bringing you to spiritual maturity. He's helping you grow that even when you can't feel him, even when you don't think the answer's coming, it is still coming. And faith will tell you, hold on, because God has an answer coming your way. Because both the bright days and the dark nights are both from the Lord. He may not come when you want him, but he's promised to always be right on time. Anybody glad to have an on-time God? He can make a way where there seems to be no way. And he'll answer your prayer the way that he chooses And for the best for you and I. The sixth truth is this. God will not tolerate any rivals to his throne. The first of the Ten Commandments says this. In Exodus 20 verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. The basic problem for many people is that we have allowed God to be everywhere but on the throne of our hearts. Let me explain what I mean. We often call him our king but then we doubt his word. We call him our Lord, but then we don't do what he tells us to do. We call him our master, yet we make decisions based on how we feel, not what he's told us. You see, we're not allowing him to be on our throne of our hearts, 
And God will not tolerate any rival to his throne. So here's what you and I need to do. Go ahead and rip that big G off your shirt. You don't have to play God anymore because God is God. We're not. God is number one. He will not settle for number two. If you're in a relationship with somebody, you got to make sure God is first in your life before that person, your relationship. If you have kids, make sure God is number one before your kids. Show them, teach them who God is. Because God has promised if we put him first, all these things that we're worrying about and praying about will be added to us. And then, even then, our foolish mistakes cannot cancel out God's plan for us. We sang about that this morning, that everything comes together for our good, that no mistake and no sin we've committed is outside of God's promise. He promised to add all these things to us when we put him first. And God will not tolerate any rivals to his throne. The seventh and last truth I want to share with you this morning is this. God is not obligated to live up to my expectations or explain himself to me. God does not have to tell us anything. He is not obligated to explain to us what he is up to or what he is doing. You know, God continually surprised his people throughout the Bible. For example, he cast Adam and Eve out of the garden for sinning and then turned around and made them clothes to cover their nakedness. God is just. He will judge sin, but he's also loving. He will take care of our needs. Another example, he sent a flood of judgment to the world and then gave Noah a rainbow promising, I'll never do that again. Oh, there's judgment coming. It just won't be a flood next time. It'll be fire. That's why we're doing a revelation study on Sunday nights. Y'all need to come and hear what's coming next. He parted the Red Sea for his people. He gave them manna in the wilderness. He gave them quail when they wanted meat. And then he had the sons of Korah swallowed up by the earth because of their rebellion. God is loving. He can meet the needs, but he's also just. And he can bring judgment when he needs to. Jesus rebuked Peter, then allowed him to see him on the transfiguration. He predicted that Peter would betray him three times, and after he did, he came back and restored him three times. I'm telling you, God is a God of love, but he's also a God of justice. And everything happens just as God promises, but nothing rarely works out the way people expect it to. And that's why, my friend, God doesn't have to explain himself to us. The suffering we go through, the sadness we go through, the death of a loved one, disappointment, all these things are from the devil. Don't blame God when bad things happen to you. The devil is real, just as real as God is. Hell is just as real as heaven is. And my friend, nobody has ever suffered more than Job did. In the book of Job, you'll read his story. The Bible says Job lost all of his health, all of his wealth, he lost all 10 of his children, and his wife turned on him in a 24-hour period. Anybody had a day like that before? Job went through all of that, and here was his response in Job chapter 1, verse 21. Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. My friends, God does not have to explain to us everything that happens to us, but here's what you need to understand. There is a devil who tries to fight us and come against us, but we serve a God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above anything that you ask or think. Do you believe that today? You see, our faith is so weak because our idea of God is so small. And my friend, everything is from him and through him and goes right back to him. He's God, we're not.
How great is our God. You serve a God this morning that can make a way out where there seems to be no way. And I don't know what your problem is or what your need is this morning, but God can make a way. He can, if all you got to do is trust him and know that he is God and he's able to do it. Do you believe that today? Hallelujah. This has been Strong Meat for Strong Believers. If this broadcast was a blessing to you, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at revivalfire29 at yahoo.com or call me at 964-5333 and visit Raven Assembly of God's website at ravenag.org and find out more information about our church. This is Pastor Doug Johnson reminding you to keep your head up. God is on your side. And join me next time for more Strong Meat for Strong Believers.